I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Thanks for downloading and subscribing. This week it's Swindon Town v Newcastle United. Newcastle, represented by Lindsay Hipgrave and Terry Alderton. Hello to you. Hello, Hello. Charlie. Excited to be on a podcast? Absolutely. Very oh, much. Yeah, creaming it in from the podcast money. <laughs> Ivo and Natalie, representing Swindon Town. Excited? Uh, always. It's always, always lovely to be here. Ivo? Yes, it's an absolute pleasure, Charlie. Thank you very much. Sounded like you meant it as well. Now, this week we do Sporting Heretics. Of course, every week we do uh-huh. it. We've got wind of yours, Natalie, early oh. on in the week. Found out what it was. Mm. That shirts, wasn't it? England shirts. Yes, maybe. And we put it out on Twitter. We asked people what they thought of your heretic. And I'll give you the results of that at the end of the podcast. Oh. And here it is. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that pits fan against fan in a gladiatorial battle of wits. Our guests may have been picked last for games at school, but here they're given the chance to represent the team they've always supported. But whose name will the fans sing and who's not fit to wear the shirt? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Welcome to Glory Hunters. This week's second round tie sees Newcastle take on Swindon Town. Representing Newcastle, our team captain, Terry Alderton, who's alongside Lindsay Hipgrave. Hello, you two. Hello. Hello. We'll come back to you in a minute. Wait. Leading out the Robins is Natalie Sawyer, who's with comedian Ivo Graham. Ivo, are you the biggest fan that Swindon Town has got? Because I've looked. Mm. The only other one I could find was Willie Carson. Well, he's put more of his money into the club than I have. Has he? (laughs) Although I have recently made a sizable investment to become a sponsor. Of, I saw uh, that. Oh, I saw keepers. that. It's received. Who have you sponsored, Ivo? I've sponsored Archie Matthews, Swindon's third choice uh, goalkeeper, a youth team product who's hoping to break into the first team over the next couple of years. He's one of your own? He's one of our own. And, uh, <laughs> Is this a full kit type uh, sponsorship? Uh, well, uh, well, no, my, my name and face won't be on the kit, but it is in the programme. So Archie Matthews, is he likely to get a game? I think it's unlikely because we've got Luke McCormick and Swansea Loney, Stephen Bender, and both are solid between the sticks. Lindsay, yeah. have you ever sponsored a player or been near? No, I no. didn't even know this could happen. I bet it's expensive at Newcastle. I've never even heard of it before. There's a couple of players probably need sponsorship, but of a different form. <laughs> Keep them on the straight and narrow. Terry Alderton, Lindsay Hipgrave, playing for Newcastle United. Yeah. Very exciting. Steve Bruce shored it all up, hasn't he, Lindsay? Well, yeah. Made it all safe. In a fashion. Are you happy with the current form, Lindsay, at Newcastle? Uh, We've had a bad run over Christmas, but um, 
I think we gave ourselves enough of a cushion that we haven't got to worry too much. I think there's there's worse than us. Yeah. Which is not something to be there's happy a lot about. Worse. But... There's some real dross this year. <laughs> yeah. Terry, you yes. of course have played for Southend. Indeed. Very excited. Yes. What were you like in the dressing room? You were sort of no. a, a big noise no. in the dressing room. Oh, come on, lads, That's... sort of guy in charge of the ghetto blaster. No, no, <laughs> no, no. That wasn't about then. I was very much not. I was the guy in the corner who said nothing. Oh. And that was really probably, to be honest, it was probably my downfall in football because I wasn't one for the, what do you call it now, banter. Yeah, but you've got to be chatty as a goalie. You've you? got to get the, the back, yeah, but it's not my style. Yeah, I could, I could, well, on the pitch I could, I was fine. I actually played at Newcastle as well, funny enough. I did, did play on the, the big slope. I couldn't believe how slope the ground is. Yeah, I played in a thing called The Match on Sky One about 200 years ago. And so I played uh, on that ground, that hallowed turf. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. So you weren't, you weren't chatting in the dressing room? What, so no, what, not were, were you not chatting no. at school? Were you chatting yes, at school? Yes, school, impressions, having yeah. a fun time, being the class clown. In the dressing room, no, Charlie Baker. What teacher did you do impression of at school? Mr. Shugit. Let's have him. Mr. Shugit. Yeah, go on, do it. Mr. Shugit. Yeah, yeah, but we need more than that. Could I only Mr. say Shugich. Mr. Shugit? You say, right, everybody, go back and walk. It's Mr. your own Shugich. time you're wasting. It's your own time you're wasting. I used to love that when teachers go, it's your own time you're wasting. And they point to the clock, wouldn't they? Yeah. And you'd sit there going, you're How 60, would Mr. Shugit I'm, say I'm 13. He'd say, he'd say, when I'm doing the middle of a joke, Charlie, don't, don't interrupt. <laughs> right, that's what he'd say, because yeah. you killed me punchline. But it doesn't yeah. matter. You did it on purpose. And I look at your face. Well, because I want you to just do the impression. That's what I'm Mr. trying to... Mr. Shugit, Charlie Baker, shut up. That's how he was like that. Shut up, Charlie Baker. And now and do your really, clock joke. He'd get really shaky. And what he'd do is he'd point up to the clock, right? Yeah. And he'd do it full stretch. You know what it's like when you're kids and they go, it's your own time you're wasting. They point to the clock as, to get as close as they can to it. And then you'd sit there going, well, I'm, I'm 13 and you're 60. Yeah. Lindsay, what were you like at school? I was... A bit of a swat. Well, yeah. Yeah, I was a bit. I was quite good, yeah. actually. Quite what sensible. I talked too much. That was the only, the only bad comments I got at parents' evening where she just needs to stop talking and distracting everyone. But, I, yeah, I did all right. So what GCSE results did you get, Lindsay? I got three A stars, seven hey. A's and two B's. Pretty good. Oh. Pretty good. Do you know what's worrying is I'm the one sitting around this table that didn't do that kind of exam. You did O levels, did you, Terry? I did O level G and CSE, but I didn't do any of them. I just didn't go in. I left. So the scene is set for Newcastle v Swindon Town, a fixture that's got testimonial written all over it. Right now, it's time for this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. We want each of our guests to tell us why they are the biggest club here today. They are free to employ any reasoning they wish. However, it's not about medals on the table. It's an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Now, Ivo and Natalie, you won the chance to go first. Are we ready, Ivo? Yeah. You've got to tell us why Swindon Town are bigger than Newcastle United, and your 30 seconds starts now. I have a lot of respect for Newcastle United, or at least I did until Ooh. earlier this season when I paid my first ever visit to St James's Park or the Sports Direct Arena. Did you know Newcastle is sponsored by Sports Direct? You'll know when you go to the ground. It's absolutely everywhere. What a, what a, what a shameful advertising hoarding that is. At Swindon, you just have the names of classic players and they used to have one little sign saying Jamie Cullum Jazz Idol, which they had for about 20 years. But it's basically a, a, a sort of, it's a Mike Ashley museum. We're three divisions apart at the moment. 
moment, but Swindon are the most upwardly mobile team in Britain, whereas Newcastle are stumbling into the abyss. In 18 months' time, we will be in the Championship together. You're going to get away with it this season, but not next. Up front this season, we had Owen Doyle for the first half of the season, scored more goals than anyone else in Europe. And this week, we're going to complete the signing of famous fire hydrant Will Grigg. He's coming to Swindon. They've still got Andy Carroll up front and the absolutely hapless Joe Linton. No, thank you. Richie Wellens is the most exciting manager in the country. Uh, Steve Bruce is a dinosaur who needs to be put out of his misery. I cannot imagine a fate worse than clinging onto the belief that Newcastle are some sort of big team, whereas Swindon are a small team who are exceeding their expectations and will continue to for some years to come. Oh, boom! Blaming the fans for Mike Ashley, though. That's... Uh, <laughs> he was blaming the fans for Mike Ashley right there. And Lindsay. it's not called the Sports Direct either, either oh, really? Arena oh, anymore. I didn't like it when he was looking you in the eye and saying <laughs> it. It felt very aggressive, but it was very, very good. Lindsay, can you please tell us why Newcastle are a bigger club than Swindon Town? Well, I'll focus on the positives about Newcastle rather than slagging off little Swindon, because <laughs> that would be mean, that would be like bullying, because they're, they're so small. Uh, because Newcastle aren't a big club. They're, they're actually a huge club, I have to say. Under Performing, yes, not reaching their potential, yes, but one of the biggest clubs in the world in one of the most iconic cities in the world. Uh, the stadium, yours holds, what, 16,000? Our stands over the city like a temple. The fan base is amazing. Some of the biggest attendances in the Premier League. The fans are football mad. They're friendly. Uh, they know how to have a good night out, know how to party. I've never met a single person who has never had a good night out in Newcastle. You won't hear anyone say a bad word about it. Swindon are in the fourth division. We're in the Premier League. That is lower than Sunderland. In 1994, the last time we met, Newcastle battered you 7-1. The Premier League's all-time leading scorer is the Georgie. The greatest player, uh, naturally gifted player to ever play for England is a Geordie. Also one of the best managers in world football, respected by everybody, Sir Bobby Robson, also a Geordie. Um, some of the most famous people from Newcastle, Anton Dex, Sting and Rowan Atkinson. You've got Countdown's Nick Hewer and Billy Piper. Excellent, superb answers. Very good. I'm going to give Lindsay one goal and Ivo two goals for the phrase, the Mike Ashley Museum. Are we ready? I love these quotes, by the way. Xi Sung Park is probably not as young as he was when he first arrived at Old Trafford all those years ago. <laughs> Listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as Sporting Heretics. I'm going to invite each member of the panel to share an idea or opinion they believe will change sport for the better. Previous suggestions have included abolishing half-time, a transfer window for fans and even renaming football. This is an exercise in thinking the unthinkable and breaking free from the shackles of convention that have denied sport the opportunity to fulfil its true potential Terry Alderton, we're going to start with you. Yes. And I've got here red card at a player. Right, you're going to love this. Okay, so the team that uh, have been unfairly challenged, so the player's gone down, he's been tackled nasty, yeah. he's got to come off, Charlie. High boot. High boot, he's got to come off. Studs you know, up. It's not fair. Red card is shown. Now, if the player has to go off, the team can either leave on the red carded player, they can, you can stay on, All right. but they can add a player. And oh. a substitute. Oh, right. So they, they can, can either lose a player or the other team can have a player. They can add a player. Oh. So it'll end up being 12 versus 11, but they also could bring on another goalkeeper if they want. 
two goalies. <laughs> two goalies. I was actually, it was quite funny because as I was telling this um, idea to you guys, yeah. you all came in to me. It was very nice to watch thinking, actually, I've got their attention. As soon as I said two goalkeepers, everyone was like, no, I'm out. No way. You this all is, back. This is like crazy goals all right, let's pretend. Let's pretend I never said two goalkeepers. Yeah. You can bring on another player, so you can go. You can go nine. Ver you can go. Sorry, you can go ten versus eleven. Yeah. Right? Or or you can go twelve versus eleven. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing: you can't bring on another goalkeeper. Well, that would be a crazy idea, wouldn't it? Right? That would be so a ridiculous idea. So and you can also, base it on how strong the player is who made the red card tackle. If they're a good player, then you know you want them off. You're going to yes. go. Well, that's it. Uh, and it logical thinking. If they're a liability no, and they're not, See? they're having a bad game. Who, why, why, why is she my partner? Exactly. Why, uh, but what partner? if, Terry, so what if you wanted to keep them with 11, who would you bring on? Another attacker or another well, defender? That's the point. But don't, what if you do bring Ooh. on another goalkeeper? Because that would be stupid. <laughs> and is that it till the end of the game? Till the end of the game. The other thing as well, if that player, if that player that's gone off has to be out for 10 weeks, oh. the oh, yeah. player that caused the foul, yeah. Also has to be out for 10 weeks. Now you're getting into all sort of <laughs> legal, responsi yeah, legal, legal responsibility <laughs> now. No, that's it. I'm going to give you one goal. Oh, you're out. <laughs> Ivo Graham, ban all international tournaments. Yes. What are the two biggest problems in the world at the moment? The rise of nationalism and the climate crisis. Let's get rid of, well, let's not sort both of them out just like this, but I think one significant step uh, would not be having the travelling circus. That is an international sports tournament. For example, a, a major international football tournament every two years. We're seeing in Australia, it is ludicrous that the Australian Open is going ahead what with what's going on in Australia. And every couple of years, particularly when a country has to completely uh, sort of go on some large-scale building project, like, like, like in Brazil, if they build sort of five new stadiums just for the World Cup, it is an engineering nightmare. It is uh, speeding up the death of this planet as we know it. And the tournaments often aren't any good anyway. Let's be honest. Let's focus on our domestic uh, teams and let's focus on international club tournaments. Maybe you can still have the Champions League, I would say, which is always more exciting than the World Cup. The World Cup is an absolute bore-off. Oh. England, in my lifetime, have had there have been two fun international tournaments. There's been Euro 96 and there's been the World Cup 18 months ago. And apart from that, I couldn't care less about what's happening in any of them. You, we wouldn't miss it at all. You'd get a proper summer holiday. Comics would be able to get some audiences of their Edinburgh previews in July. <laughs> and we wouldn't have millions of the world's worst people, international football fans, schlepping it around the globe, stinking up the tourist industries of countries oh. they've never researched, so that they can support their teams in a pointless, largely pointless oh. tournament, Charlie. Oh. I don't want it. Last week <laughs> I suggested about cycling yes. to tournaments. You did, so, and getting the train as well. I was trying to be environmentally. There we are. This is from a man who's... Where, where did you spend um, Christmas this year? I went to Brazil, There actually. we are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so worried about yeah, his carbon footprint. To check out the abandoned to... stadium in Belo Horizonte. <laughs> Brazil for Christmas. Okay, Ivo, I disagree with you completely, which I suppose is the, is the whole point of the round. Look at that. Name of the um, game. So I'm going to give you two goals. Oh, right. Just because... It's not increased. Because I can. So it isn't the three out of three, but there we are. Well done, Ivo. Natalie Sawyer, mm. England should ditch the white shirt. Yes, they should, and they should make the red strip their mm. home colour. Name me one England fan that doesn't feel more, more confident when we play in red. It's not because we're all harking back to 66 and a sea of nostalgia. It's because red is the colour of a winner. Oof. England have won the last 17 games when they've worn red. 
Football teams that wear red are more successful generally as well. In 2008, an academic study found that since 1947, teams that wear red in all divisions are disproportionately successful. So that's science telling oh, yes. us that red is a winner. Red is a statement of aggression. It can make opponents feel intimidated and it's like a beacon on the pitch making it easier to spot your teammates. So we can only wonder what would have happened if England had worn red against Croatia mm. in Russia. Things may well have been very different. Oh, I think this must be some factors. Remember that grey kit in Euro 96? Oh, We'd never no. worn, we'd never worn before it. The grey kit. Yes. We wore it in the that was a disaster, yeah, it was wasn't it? Not good. I mean, Exeter City is the only thing I can think of. They play in red and I hate them. The Swindon play in red, they're not they're in League Two, so that can't be that good. If the science was Who's top of the league? I know, but if the, the science league, yeah. was particularly good, wouldn't just all teams in red be in the Premier League? Everyone would be in their away kit all the time. Because there's always anomalies. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just fact. <laughs> this is just fact. Um, two goals, Natalie. Two goals. Very, very good. And Lindsay, we come to you last in this round, and you are telling us uh, yellow cards for the whole team. Yes, I wanted to use it to stamp out blatant diving mm. and cheating with the introduction of a yellow card for the whole team. So when players go down like they've been shot and there's no contact, oh. and especially when they go down holding their face, oh. when they've only had a tap on their arm, it's brought shame to the game for such a long time. And I feel like we could stamp it out by causing total humiliation for them and turning their teammates against them for behaving in such an embarrassing way. So we need to cause a backlash from the whole team. So if you're potentially going to get a ban because you've got a yellow card because of one of your teammates yeah. rolling around the floor, I think it would disappear overnight because the, the managers, if they had, they put a stop to it quite quickly, they had players um, facing a ban and I think it would be a, a good deterrent. If you were going to miss well, the game. Well, someone's on a yellow card already and they're going to get oh, sent off because you've then been... You go, yeah, exactly, you yeah. lose a man. And then the, the team who has the most team yellow cards at the end of the season would be named and shamed, so everyone knows who the worst culprit is. Yes. And it's kind of like that thing in school where the teacher gives the detention to the whole class, yes. even though it's just one person talking. Lindsay, <laughs> I, I mean, I know I'm supposed to disagree, but I 100% agree with you. And is that not the idea of the round? I don't round, think it's but... the idea of the round, but I'm just going to give you three goals, oh, Lindsay. Yes. Because it's very, very good. Jordan Henderson is a player who likes to do his business in the middle of the park. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Time now for Back in the Day where we travel back to a landmark moment in both clubs' history. Terry and Lindsay... That sounds like a sitcom. Yes. Terry and Lindsay, we're going back to 1969, and this... Foggen all by himself. Foggen almost taken it down. And Foggen has hit the crossbar. He scored! Foggen has scored. Alan Foggen, the substitute, who came on, made a brilliant run, hit the ball, sent Mahalia, saved it, and he got the rebound. Alan Foggen's goal saw Newcastle beat Uzpesti Dosha of Hungary 3-2 in the second leg of the Intercity Bears Cup final, which they won 6-2 on aggregate. But what else do you remember of that year, Lindsay? I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, the fact I wasn't even there? born. Were you there, Lindsay? No? OK, Terry, you must have been there. 1969 was the year before I was born. All right. Yeah. OK, there we are. So, so there we are. No, we're going to have I a wasn't. good guess at these questions. Okay. First question. 1969 saw this man win his first league title. The ph philosophy I've got is the fact that if there are 100 battles to be won when you take over a new job, you might as well get them all done in the first three months if you can. 
No point in saying, well, we'll take our time, get him out of the road, and then you can clear the decks and get down to what you think is the right thing. Are we talking about players here now? Anything. Brian Clough's Derby County were the runaway winners of the second division. But why did so many press photos at the time feature a woman called Patricia Whedon posing with the trophy? Was it A, she was the chairman's daughter, B, she was a much-loved tea lady approaching retirement, or C, she was the winner of the Miss Derby County Beauty Contest that year? Well, it could be any of those, couldn't it? It could I'd be like any to of those. think it's because she was a much-loved tea lady. I'm that would be the nice answer. I think it's a nice answer, but that could just Patricia be... Patricia Whedon, 1969. Will you, Mrs Whedon, the tea lady? Surely they wouldn't just wheel out Miss Derbyshire. Oh, I don't know. What year, 1969? 69, Wasn't yeah. Miss Derbyshire, Miss Derby County. I think uh, in tea lady, tea lady could be... Uh, if you were writing this quiz, you'd go, what about a tea lady? That through them. Throw them somewhere. I think yeah. tea lady's nonsense. She was the chairman's daughter. She was a much-loved tea lady approaching retirement. She was the winner of the Miss Derby County Beauty Contest that year. I reckon that's it. Do you? I think it would be so something as crass and silly as that. Go for that. Go for it. Do you want to go for it, though? Well, I just hope it's wrong, but... Go for it. It's 1969. You are correct. The answer is C. The Miss Derby County Beauty Contest was held every year at the Locarno Ballroom in Derby. Question two. As one manager was in the ascendancy, another announced his retirement that year. The chant now is Busby, Busby, Busby. Man United there, winning the European Cup under Sir Matt Busby, who stood down as Man United manager in 1969 after 25 years. But can you tell me which of the following facts about Sir Matt is false? A. He coached the British football team at the 1948 Olympics. B. The Beatles mentioned him in the song Dig It from the album Let It Be. C. He won over 50 caps for Scotland. Can I be really stupid and ask you quickly, were the Olympics, uh, at the Olympics, were football, was football involved back then, at the Olympics? I'm not, sure, I'm not entirely sure whether I'm right or wrong, but I feel that... And I don't know the song Dig It, so I couldn't... Mm, I'm not, so, I'm not sure that it's in that or not, but I would, I would... The Scottish thing could be... I'm going to push you for an answer. Do you want to go with the Olympics? He coached, he coached the British football team at the 1948 yeah, Olympics. Let's go with that. The Beatles yeah, the mentioned him in the song Dig It from the album Let It Be. He won over 50 caps for Scotland. He never, he never did the uh, England thing. He never no. coached the British no. football team at the 1948 Olympics. No, he did, didn't he? He did, I'm afraid. Ah. He, he did not win over 50 caps for Scotland. He was only capped once. Oh. Question three. Speaking of the Beatles, they went into the studio for the final time in 1969. But what was the last song they recorded together as a band? Uh, was it? Come together. Come together, or B. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. That was octopus's garden, or C. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. 
is it the end? Which one of those do you think it was? Well, I'm not too sure what I'm All about right. to say, but I'm going to have a go. Uh, I've got a feeling that Abbey Road is the last album, and that's the last song that they did, The End. All yeah. oh, right. But it wasn't the last album they put out. I think it was the uh, penultimate album, and I can't remember what was the last album they sold, but Abbey Road was the last album they did. That was the last <laughs> the song. The last one they recorded. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going definitely The End. I'm, if I don't get this right, then I've just talked complete garbage. Okay. Let's find out. And in the end. So at the end of that round, you scored two goals, which takes you to eight. Ooh, currently eight, seven, Natalie and Ivo. We're going to go back to 1987 Ooh. and this. Bamber in, good header. And now White. White still. But it has to be said that wasn't very good defending by Gillingham. But let White in there. But it was very good finishing by Steve White. There we are. Steve White scored both goals for Swindon in their 2-0 victory against Gillingham in the third division playoff final. But what else do you remember of 1987? Wow. Here we go. Question one. 1987 saw the playoffs introduced for the very first time. But what else was also mooted that season before the authorities had a change of heart? A. Mini camcorders attach the goalposts in an embryonic trial of goal line technology. B. The merger between West London rivals Fulham and QPR. C. The national anthem played before every kickoff. Great options. Camcorders, mergers, anthems. Did you say small camcorders? It said mini camcorders. Not a chance. Not in 1987 they were big, weren't they? They were huge. Everything was bigger in the 80s. So what's your answer? I don't know why the merger rings a bell. Going with the merger? We're going with the merger. It is the merger. There we are in 1987. Question two. 1987 was also the year of this. Nicholas and Rowcastle in the area. Nicholas! Charlie Nicholas's second goal for Arsenal saw the Gunners beat Liverpool 2-1 in the League Cup final, which meant they were finally able to bury the misery of having lost to Swindon in the final oh. in 1969, just after the Beatles recorded Abbey Road, their final <laughs> studio album. But what else was particularly significant about that victory? Was it A, first time Liverpool had lost a game in which Ian Rush had scored? B, First time both managers in a League Cup final weren't English. Or C, first time the trophy was sponsored. What would it have been? It would have been the Littlewoods Cup, wouldn't it? I don't think it's the third one. Or the Milk Cup. I think it's... Wumbelows. So Ian Rush or not English? Ian Rush was my hero. Who would have been the Liverpool Arsenal managers in the late 80s? I can't even think. No, I can't even think either. I'd be very happy to go with this Ian Rush answer, actually. Yes, yes. I like that one. Yes. Let's go with that. Ian Rush. Ian Rush, the first time Liverpool had lost the game in which Ian Rush had scored. That is correct. Oh, very good. 144 match unbeaten run. (laughs) Question three. Which player that year broke the domestic transfer record? Was it? Here's John Barnes. This could be number four. It is. John Barnes, Watford to Liverpool, or? Lost again there for Brooking. Hit this time, and what a save. What a monumental save by Peter Shilton. Peter Shilton, Southampton to Derby, or was it? Space for Beardsley. Three Liverpool players in the middle, if Beardsley needs them. 
He doesn't. Peter Beardsley, Newcastle to Liverpool. Which player that year broke the domestic transfer record? Was it John Barnes, Peter Shelton or Peter Beardsley? Lovely, isn't it? Lovely question. Uh, yes, it's it is. A, a, a it is. And, you know, when you first hear, hear we're going to talk about 1987, you think, oh, yeah, this is... This is more contemporary to yeah. what mm. you guys have. No, haven't no. a clue. Not a clue, no. Didn't know Beardsley went to Liverpool. Didn't you? No. He was oh, excellent for Liverpool. Yes. Right. Um, He'd be my answer for this. Would he? Uh, all of them, though, I feel like. Barnes feels too obvious. B or C, just say B or C. B. OK, Peter Shilton. You're going with Peter Shilton? Uh, the answer is Peter Beardsley. Oh, there we are. Oh, what a shame. For £1.9 million. So, in that round, you scored two goals, Swindon Town, which takes you to nine, which means the scores are currently Swindon Town nine, Newcastle United eight. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now here on Glory Hunters, we hold people to account and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face the scrutiny of the general public and have absolutely no idea what they'll ask as we play A Question of Sport Time. Yes, can we have our first question, please? Hi there. I've never worked out why sports people dominate the after-dinner circuit. Surely people from other professions must have funny stories to tell. With that in mind... I wonder if the panel could share a funny story from their day job. Their day job. There we are. Terry, have you ever had any other job outside of show business? Um, yeah, I used to work on. The, I used to work at a place called Freshfields, which is a solicitors. Solicitors. Yeah. And I, I worked in the copying room. I was uh, the guy who fixed the photocopiers on the floors when they broke down. Ran out of toner, that sort of thing. Yes, exactly what I used to do. 
That's yeah. all I can think of would go Toner. wrong. Paper jam. Paper jam. Paper jam. Bring in the paper from downstairs. Bring oh, it all in. Yeah. Skilled put work. It, put it everywhere. Skilled work. Very skilled. skilled work. Eighteen. Double sided. But outside of that, <laughs> what's, what's your best anecdote that you tell? I can think of a time actually going to do uh, when I was new to London doing comedy, and I was driving. If you know London, I was at the Oval. Oh yeah. If you know the Oval. Yeah. The cricket ground, and I was there. There's a set of lights there <clears throat> near Brixton and Streatham, and I didn't know where Streatham was at that point. And I got to the lights, and there was a guy standing there. I said, "Excuse me, do you know where Streatham is?" And he's he was a lovely little fellow that came over, big smiley face, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming he was from Nigeria because he just went to me, Streatham, and I went, "Yes, yeah, Streatham. Do you know where it is, please?" And he went, Streatham, and I went, "Yeah," and he went, Streatham, and. <laughs> In the end, he's giggling, he's laughing, and I'm, the lights have changed numerous amount of times, and I think, we need to get going here, pal, because I'm late for the gig. I said, please, do you know where it is or not? And he went, please listen to me. <laughs> Strut on. <laughs> Bless his heart, he was laughing and laughing. Yeah. He kept going, on. And I'm going, yes, yeah, strut on. He's going, the desperation. Strut on. <laughs> I went, yes, yeah, strut Please listen. Lovely, lovely. That's why he went, lovely. Like, laughing. He went, please listen. Strut on. <laughs> Beautiful. Two goals, Terry. Lindsay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not sure if this is funny if you don't know me, ma'am, but okay. it's, it makes me laugh when I think of it now. It's kind of how my day job started, really. So it was after I finished university and I was up in Newcastle and we were out. England were playing at St James's Park. I think it was when they had the World Cup qualifiers at oh, different right, yeah. grounds. I think it was Albania or something. So we'd all been out having a good few drinks. My mum and dad were out and I was moaning to them sort of throughout the night that... I was really struggling to, to get a job, you know, and I'm getting this, doesn't matter how many CVs I send, I'm getting the same old knockback, you know, if you, you haven't got any experience. And it's like, how am I supposed to get any experience mm. if no one will give me any in the first place? A tale place? as old as time, Lindsay. Yeah. So we're all fairly drunk at this point, and then this people carrier pulls up at the bar, and I recognise Garth Crooks, get out, and I sort of said to my mum and dad, I said, oh, that's all the lot from the BBC, they must have been at St James's Park tonight. So before I could stop her, my mum marches over, and I'm like, no, I'll go and say hello for you. Brilliant. Like, dying inside, just in proper Geordie man mode, half a lager and lime yeah. in hand, goes to introduce <laughs> herself. She's there chatting for ages, and then when she comes back, she hands me this business card. It's that, that little man with the grey hair over there just said, you know, send him an email, send him your CV, and he'll help you get some work experience. So I looked down at the card, Greg Dyke. I said, ma'am, you do know that's the director general of the BBC that you've just accosted Fantastic. drunk in a bar in Newcastle. Brilliant. And she's like, oh, shy Ben's getting out. And, <laughs> shy Ben's getting out. Uh, and funny enough, I, I emailed him, sent him my CV, and he passed it on, and they got me work experience at Radio Newcastle. What's your so, mum's name? Linda. Linda, you've smashed that. Shy Thank you Ben's so much, Linda. Brilliant. Not a clue. Don't ask brilliant. Get... Exactly. Yeah, Bri brilliant, brilliant story. Three goals, Lindsay. Ivo Graham. Two and a half years ago, I had the good fortune to support Jack D on his work-in-progress tour of the commuter belt. Uh, Hemel Hempstead, Hitchin, Tring, all the big ones. And, uh, and I would go on uh, beforehand, uh, quite right, and uh, do a bit of my thing. Be, be weird the other way around. I think it would be, Well, it actually was the other way around in Tring because, uh, because my train got delayed, so Jack D had to support me, and the people of Tring did not think it was appropriate. Classic Graham. Well, um, you say classic Graham, but, but all the trains at Euston were down, and I had left enough time. You can't prepare for everything in this live chat. <laughs> so in um, Hitchin, uh, I'd done my usual solid but unspectacular stuff. Oh, come on. Um, the kind of 7 out of 10 performance that makes me the perennial support act that I am. I'll do well. 
but I won't blow the audience away. I'll leave some room for afters. And after that, I thought, I tell you, I haven't had dinner. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna watch Jack, uh, but I'm gonna have a curry from around the corner while I do it. So I went to get a takeaway curry from kitchen in the, at the place next door. I brought it back, but the, 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 the what's it called? The tannoy that plays it through. That's not what it's called. That plays it through to the dressing room. Yeah. What's that called? The tannoy. The tannoy. It wasn't working, yeah. so I couldn't hear Jack. But, I, but in my head, I wanted to listen to Jack and, and have my lovely curry. Lovely. So I thought I'll just eat it in the wings. Oh yeah, he loved that. Said, I, I bet he loved that. What do you mean he'd oh, love that? He's not, he'd be he doesn't need about that. He doesn't need to know about that. Your blimmin' sarg paneer wafting through. That's, well, Charlie, you beat me to the punch. I had a sarg paneer and it did waft through. <laughs> I'm listening to Chatty having a lovely curry, and about halfway through his set, he goes, "Can anyone else?" She <laughs> <laughs> said, "Can anyone else smell cupper soup?" So he'd not, he'd, he'd, not, he'd not guessed right. This wasn't one of his hilarious observations no, on no, life. No, 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 no. But the smell of cupper soup permeates every aspect of everyday life. No, because in this case, it did. And he, he came and, he put, and the curtain was pulled back to reveal me just sat having a curry at a table in the wings of his gig, which wasn't a massively dignified end to the tour, you'd have to say. Not to win is guttering. I don't know where you got that one from, Nobes. That's Mark Noble, West Ham. I've been rocking and rolling ever since I left school Cruising along just playing a fool I never felt like nothing at all except music and football quizzes From Talk Sport, this is Glory Hunters, the podcast Time now for our two team captains to step up to the plate as I ask them to debate which sport do they rate as the very toughest Now they're free to interpret that in any way they wish and the goals go to the most convincing. Natalie, Terry, you have 30 seconds each. Natalie, I'm going to start with you. Which sport is the toughest? Well, I did think long and hard about this. I thought about mentioning USC. Bear Mm -hmm. in mind, we talked about Khabib a little bit earlier on. Even hurling. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that is crazy. Um, Both brutal in their own rights. But for me, the toughest sport surely has to be water polo. Plenty of kicking and grabbing with a few sly blows, no doubt, within the pool. Uh, You need to have speed. You need to have strength to compete. So just imagine you also have to tread water for Mm. 30 minutes because you're not allowed to touch the floor and this is an intense contact sport not only are you competing you have to avoid drowning as well yeah. Yeah. so for me it's water polo Terry Alderton which is the toughest sport well toe wrestling is what I went for a sport in 1974 it was invented in uh, at the ye old oak inn in a place called Wetton in Ashbourne which is in Derbyshire okay and there were a few other sports. There was four people in this pub, and they thought we haven't got any world champions in anything, and we need to we need to get this sorted out. So they firstly did ear wrestling, and they did uh, they did push a ball, which was using a scaffold pole. Can't imagine what that was like, but oh, okay. so like so all right, okay, so like tug of war, tug of war, but, but with, a, war. with a solid <laughs> with a solid scaffold. Okay, pole. I like that. Yeah. But they ended up with toe toe, toe wrestling. wrestling, and that was uh, Peter Cheaton, Eddie Stansfield, Peter Dean, and Mick Dawson. They were the creators, and lo and behold, the first ever world champion was was Mick Dawson. But I have to say, this is a if you're not aware of what what happens, what the two combatants it doesn't get sound together. very tough. So no, far, they do but... what they have to do. They have to have their feet judged by the by the official, and they have to have no fungus and no injuries. Oh. And then they lock toes face to face. They lock toes, and you have to push each other over the line if you like, you know, With the left and right. With your big toes, your big toe interlocks oh, yeah. with the other big toe. I oh, know it's mad. And the big daddy at this moment in time, the big world champion, well, the, <laughs> well, the guy he looks like, his name is Alan Nasty Nash. 
And he has been the world champion since they started the world championships. And in, even in 1997, after his championship win, he appeared on the Jay Leno show. Which, bearing in mind, this only actually does take place in the, the ye old oak in Wetton. Now, here's the thing, right? Toe wrestling, not only is it physically and also the health threatening, you know, as a sport, you can lose toenails, dislocation, breakage, fungal cross contamination, athletes' foot verrucas, of course, the list goes on and on, clawing toes, mallet toes, and, and shanked foot syndrome, yeah. which is what I just made up. But okay. <laughs> I think toe is yeah. miles worse than anything to do with water and polo. There we are, Terry Oldham <laughs> thinks the roughest sport in the world is toe wrestling. Only, only played in that one pub in Derbyshire. The roughest sport in the world. Natalie, I think you won that feet down. Thank you. I was going to say hands oh, down, oh, but you won good, that feet down. Good. In the dying moments of the game, we move now into injury time where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. The losing side goes first. Current losing side is Lindsay and Terry, mm. Newcastle United. I'm going to list a series of bizarre injuries players have cited in the past for missing games. All you've got to do is tell me which are true and which are false. Jurgen Klopp will tell you when your time is up. Adrian! Like Rocky! <laughs> Thank you, Jurgen. Do you understand what you've got to do? Yes. It's true or false, basically. Yes. If you think the injury is a real one, you say true. Your time starts now. Pulling a muscle in a kickabout with prison inmates. True. true. It is true. Carlos Tevez hit by a runaway cow. False. It's true. Sam Henderson put back out pulling a wheelie. False. It's false. Drilling through a blister. True. It's true. Darius Vassell. Burnt hands on an oven tray. False. It's false. Dropping a jar of salad cream on true. foot. That's Dave true. Dave Besson. Injuring toe and trying to wake Gaza. True. It's true. Brian Robson. Bad shaving cut. False. false. It's false. Tripping over a groundsman's sign during warm-up. True. It's true. Richard Wright. Dislocating jaw whilst barking instructions at defenders. False. It's true. Alex Stepney. Injuring back picking up a football. False. It's false. Electric shock from TV remote. False. True. It's false. Lifting an ironing board. True. It's true. Michael Stensgard burnt by a poached egg. <laughs> false. It's true. Kurt oh. Broadfoot getting up from a chair too quickly. True. true. It's false. <laughs> Tripping over a sleeping moose. True. False. It's true. Oh, go on. It's true. true. Car rolling over foot at petrol station. False. False. It's true. Ever Beniga. Adrian! Oh, there's you know what? I think you did really well. You did very well. 13 goals. So at yes. the end of that round, you are on 34 goals, playing 25 currently. Swindon Town, Ivo and Natalie. I'm going to list a further series of bizarre injuries. Just have to tell me if it's true or false. Okay. You need how many? Let's work it out. You need nine to draw, ten to win. When your time is up, you will hear this sound. That is the last question. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> we are good old Cluffy. Are we ready? Yeah. Your time starts now. Poking themselves in the eye with a boarding card. True. It is true. Milan Rapajic. Mistaking a suppository for a painkiller. False. It's true. Romalo. Oh, sorry. Breaking teeth chewing a toffee. False. It's false. Getting bitten by a snake at the airport. True. It's true. Romero. Pulling a muscle whilst getting out of bed. True. It is true, Leroy Lita. Putting neck out while reversing car. Oh, true. It's false. Ah. Ligament strain sliding on knees. True. It's true, Sergio Garcia. 
Blister infection whilst dancing to Gangnam Style. False. It's true. French midfielder Adil Rami. <laughs> what? Hit in the eye by a ring pull from a can of Coke. False. It's true. Finnish striker Yari Lippmanen dislocating thumb whilst giving thumbs up to supporters. False. It is false. <laughs> Tendon strain after lengthy session on the PlayStation. True. It's true. Rhea Ferdinand. Knee strain whilst driving. True. It's true. Alan Wright. Scolding hand with tea at half time. False. It is false. Ankle injury while playing basketball. True. Courtois, yes. Putting back out, taking a throw in. True. It's false. Ah. That Tweaking... is the last question. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. I did start, so I'm going to say it. Tweaking shoulder whilst trying to land a monster carp. True. It is true. David James. So at the end of that round, you scored 11, oh. right, which takes you to 36, which means Swindon Town, you beat Newcastle United 36 to 34. Lindsay. Story of my life. Second time you've appeared, second time you've lost. Yeah. Is that correct, Terry? Three times, three losses. Three times, three losses. A team of losers. Losers. <laughs> Can you take any positives from it whatsoever? We had a lovely day. Yeah, a lovely day. We were always nice to we see you. We had a nice latte. And Ivo, second victory, is that? I believe it is my second victory. Congratulations. It was all Natalie today. It was all Natalie, no, wasn't it? No. Natalie really stepped up to the plate. It's just nice that the minnows come out on top once again. It's always again. good, isn't it? Yeah. It's always good yes. when Swindon beat anyone. Yes. Sit the one talking united. So to our winners, we say come together right now over me. And for the losers. My thanks to Natalie, Terry, Lindsay, and Ivo. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, is goodbye. There it is, the minnows, Swindon minnows, Ooh. trouncing Newcastle United. Not trouncing, beating Newcastle Scraping United. Through. Scraping through, you think, Swindon yeah. there. there we are, like cry a big inside the yeah. Sports Direct Museum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ivo, yes. pretty triumphant there. It's been a great season for Swindon, and it just keeps getting better. Keeps going on. We're not it? scared of anyone. On. Very good. Now, I did say at the beginning of the podcast that we... Natalie, we yes. found out about your heritage. Of course, the red shirts or the white shirts. Yep. Yep. We did ask the TalkSport Twitterati and the results are back in. And they said they preferred the white shirt, 70-30. Oh. listening to the scientific so data. So once again, Natalie, out of step with the British public. <laughs> there we are. This is Glory Hunters. Thanks for listening to us. Please download and subscribe. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.